0: Stop stop. Brad came up to me and he was just like, Man, before you leave your you gotta sing our victory song. And I'm like, Brad, what the fuck? Uh... and he was like, bro, you'll know when you hear it, right? And he pushed me into the living room and it was a circle full of people. And it was just it was one dude that came out with a ukulele, he had long hair, looked like a hipster Jesus, just walking around, and he sang this magical song called Sweet Caroline. I don't know if anybody <laughs> They were just sitting there like, sweet Caroline. Ba, ba, ba. It's like, back that ass up for white people. I've never seen it.
1: To the Blackout Diaries, the show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Bear flannery
2: And I am CJ Sullivan. Each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we have a new theme of when it comes to the debauchery of their drinking stories. And this week is a fun one. We're talking about public transportation and uh, and venturing off into different cultures. As, as, indispensable.
1: As indispensable. Yeah. Uh, need. You know, it, it provides a great service to us drunks, gets us home safely, um... You know, and we have a hilarious comic, one of our favorites, good friend of ours. Uh, Drell Scott Barnes is going to be our guest on The Blackout Diaries. He's going to tell a great story about how he had to journey from the south side yes. to the north side and all the things he found along <laughs> the way on a Chicago bus. Uh, <laughs> that is a one of the great
2: things. Uh, uh, <laughs> just a Chicago comedy in general, whatever when uh anytime or, a black cop or a black friend just talk just talks about like the, the migrations like, like uh, going from the south side to the north side on a train oh you yeah I was like going to uh to the emerald City or something like what it's like they can't believe yeah. this has been happening this entire time up here the the escalators <laughs> right. work on these stops you know there's elevators
1: it's like like paintings they're they, they like oiled like framed yeah, paintings on, like, at like some of these stops I' got
2: <laughs> Wi-Fi on here what the hell's going on? Like, it's <laughs> it's embarrassing. Warm yeah, towel, exactly. sir. It's embarrassing
1: being uh, <laughs> like the Orient Express. Oh, it's totally warm. embarrassing. Oh, but um,
2: for us, I'm not saying it for them. It's uh, but I know Sean. Um, as far as the public transportation comes, it does go hand in hand, especially with you. I know you said, and like in Europe, because uh, drinking is not ever the problem, as, we, as you say. It's it's driving. It's a situation that happens. Until,
1: exactly. Uh, we. We have set up like when we when you look at the long history of alcohol, you know, we were drinking as cavemen and we're going to be drinking until Mm -hmm. the apocalypse. The only real problem with drinking has been the invention yes. of the car it's the car that's evil that's what causes all these i mean yes there's cirrhosis <laughs> and, uh, and other deaths those are always going to be there sure <laughs> but the earth like drinking and Your driving is the real evil and, and we're, we're too quick to blame the we're too quick to blame the drunk we should be blaming mm-hmm. the car it's the car's fault like none of these cities are in my opinion you're not even a real city if you don't have a river and public
2: transportation <laughs> i will say real quickly on the car note that's why i'm like oh, everyone's got to back off elon musk he's trying to save us you know what's the self driving oh yeah. Tra- yeah i yeah. love how
1: that like like i i love how he's become this villain to All liberal right. america I mean- <laughs> It's like he's trying to get rid of like global <laughs> warming, you know. Like I'm not one of those Elon Musk yeah, no, right. boys,
2: but you know. Still. But let him let him let, him, cra- let <laughs> him break a few eggs for this self-driving car omelet as well. All right, if someone veers <laughs> off into the highway and you know it costs a five car pile, so be it. Eventually, we're going to get it right, and you can drink all you want. Uh, Think long term here, people. Exactly.
1: Jesus. Exactly. And, I, yeah, I always love it when they, like, whenever there's this Tesla accident, right. and now that it's become politicized, like, and we think these are safe, we think they're safe. Have you paid attention to human fucking drivers, pal?
2: <laughs> <There was> a... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just, like, if whenever I have the misfortune of having to drive, do you know in Chicago, drivers are so bad and are getting into so many fights that they've had to install, like, these, like, sound systems. They look like uh their cell phone towers, but what they actually are are bullet listeners <laughs> because we are shit shooting at each other so right. much due to like car rage from like the bad driving that now we, we, we've given up on solving the driving problem. And now we're just trying to find the shooters. Like that's how bad we are as human drivers here in Chicago. There was a,
2: you're talking about the, the narrative, of how they became a villain. There was an article about, about this Tesla um, an article. It was a story that happened in San Francisco. It's like Tes- Tesla drives off cliff with family of four inside of it. You know, like, so, you know, like, Oh geez, that's awful. Then you read the article. It, 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 like slowly by slowly the facts keep getting differently. Like like the the road was called like Dead Man's Curve or something. And then like <laughs> then it turns out it wasn't even on self drive. The guy did it on purpose, like try to kill his family. <laughs> and and then yeah. it goes and they all survived because it was a tesla or something like, like that. that was the only thing that kept them alive and like well yeah that, that is true and the guy was trying to kill his family and they're all and they all did live so that's a good thing but it doesn't change the fact that the tesla went off this cliff <laughs> and all the cops are like oh yeah no one ever survives this fall i can't believe they actually did it it's a pretty pretty amazing car they got there
1: Every town's got a, like in Cleveland, I grew up in Cleveland and and our our highway 90 bisects, it goes around Cleveland and there is, it's actually called dead man's curve. (laughs) And it's just like, it goes from, it's a 65 mile an hour straight line along the lake shore. And then it's just like this curve. And it, it when I was growing up, it averaged three accidents it's a am- day. It's amazing that we just tolerate that. That's just part of modern living in a city. And like, you know, like
2: with that Tiger Woods car crash a couple of years ago. You know, and like uh, people automatically see him like, oh, was he on pills? You know, the cops are like, that's all they. Have. And the co- and the cops yeah. used to like, listen, we would love to test him for, for another, but try, we know that road. Yeah. There's no way. I was like he's like, even if he was, it wouldn't help. It doesn't hurt or any helps people. People die there every We're day. We're here yeah. every day. <laughs> this is routine. <laughs> And it's
1: also amazing, like how like there was a Chicago bicyclist that was killed uh, relatively mm-hmm. recently, and it like it is amazing like that we've also tolerated that if you just kill somebody in your car, you're looking at like six months community service
2: tops. <laughs> well, especially in Chicago you when know, it comes like, to it's bicyclists, just yeah, it's, it's like you said. Oh I don't, yeah. I don't even think it's illegal there, right? To kill a bicyclist in Chicago, you just, it's like.
1: You're. All, it's always a weird. Um, they're always charged with like. Illegally entering a uh, opening a door at the wrong time, <laughs> yeah. or failure um, signal, <laughs> like
2: <laughs> if you're going to kill them, you have to turn your turn signal on and then veer them off the road and die. Yeah, <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, we'll talk about the CTA, and of course, in the uh towns that have the need, of, um, Chicago, of course, I think Chicago probably has the best uh, public transportation. I say CTA, public oh, transportation, but New York and Chicago, I think, are the two main um. S- <laughs> Yeah,
1: no one else competes with those two. (laughs) Um, New York is maybe a little bit better, but Chicago's is great, you know. And like I was saying, like, I hate when I travel, like, to your city, Los Angeles. Like, it's just bananas to me. Like, I always say, like, LA is not a city. Like, I can't respect (laughs) it. Like, this is the only place in the world where you could put 14 million people together and they don't insist on public transportation. It's not a real city. They don't demand it. And And you see... They don't demand it, which they should. Well,
2: I know. <laughs> well, I mean, we can go through the history, that's that's the car company taking over, and yeah, we we uh, you always say what that we we bowed down at the feet of the auto industry and just surrendered yes. our city to them.
1: <laughs> I always say it's a city of childless. Uh, what do I always say? Like I uh, forget what it, I say, but like childless uh, losers uh, or
2: something. <laughs> not childless losers. You were Trump about it, but you were. And when you say you always say, uh, you mean more. You screamed yeah. out the window as I was driving around after. <laughs> Back from the frolic bar <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon, yelling in Hollywood. You're all a bunch of childless cowards, is what you yelled. <laughs> cowards. cowards. That is what I
1: said. <laughs> well, it, but right before we get into like Durrell's set, it's yeah. funny because you and I were talking before we were yes. recording, and it, it does seem like because you have no children, you're now adult child right. adults. You know. Like, um, like you, you know, you don't have any real responsibilities or anything in that city. And you were talking about how it's been overtaken by WrestleMania yeah, well, right, right now. And, like, I've been seeing that on my timeline. In
2: L.A. right now, WrestleMania is there. And, um, you know, and they, uh, we always say, Sean, bunch of our... We've lost a lot of our greatest comic minds and friends to adult wrestling fans. Like, we just don't... Uh, I mean, it's amazing.
1: I mean, I love them. And we're talking about yeah. dear friends here indirectly. But it's like, why are there more podcasts... By men on, on wrestling. wrestling
2: it's incredible
1: than there are on it I don't know of a single fatherhood podcast <laughs> that will actually make you a better person <laughs> I know of 50 wrestling right. podcasts done by men
2: <laughs> it's amazing yeah good friends and are very successful and like they try to explain it to you like I like the restraint I think we've said it before Sean the rest- um, we don't get enough credit. As non-wrestling adult wrestling fans and enthusiasts, I should say, I mean, enthusiasts, yes. I don't even.
1: Our tolerance of, 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 of just accepting of sh- that our friends have gone full bore yeah, into and this roasting. and not making fun of them, not ridiculing them. Like, this requires more patience by me <laughs> than anything. I, I know. Like, like, gay marriage was no big deal sure. to me, trans rights, no big deal to me, all makes sense. Adult wrestling fans. Yeah is a constant me trying to check my instincts and be like okay remember uh you know people that like this that have made this choice remember that you value those friendships but before you talk like like take a beat before you say something yeah i do i
2: feel like an old school parent like from the 70s whatever like having a gay son or something like that like say like all right you know this is your this is your your lifestyle i don't understand it but i can't i won't judge it if this is you really want to tell me how you know, John Cena is the greatest person. I, I don't okay, <laughs> <laughs> like this thing. It's four. You know. Okay,
1: and you you're know. you've been unemployed for fourteen months, and you're gonna fly to Houston to see a man <laughs> called the Gravedigger. <laughs> okay, and he's wrestling who now? All <laughs> U- Ultimate Tarzan. Ultimate Tarzan is hilarious. <laughs>
2: No, Dad. Grave a monster truck. Undertaker. Okay, I'm sorry. The, un- the undertaker. I do do
1: that. I do do that. I always mix up monster trucks and wrestling. And then I'm always like, well, why aren't you into monster right. trucks? Right. That I can instead? get. At least there's some engineering yeah. there. You know. Yeah, that I
2: could get. You know. So I'm like, I'm these are just guys in tights, or whatever. But I mean, I, I get it. Wrestling. Yeah. When I was a kid, I loved wrestling. But that's what. I, that's what I don't understand. It's, it's for sure. kids, I, I would think. You know that's why it it gets weird with the whole uh, science and um, you always say they they always like try to convince you like you like you just don't understand it, man. Yeah, they don't. uh, It's so weird hearing that from a forty-three-year-old friend. (laughs) Like what? What do do you think I don't get? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs)
1: See, it has its roots in, like, like the Greek choral uh, arrangement. Like, you know, it, it's melodrama. Yeah. It, it's like, what are you talking about? And then they'll also be like, well, they're also athletes. They're, like, they're great athletes. Yeah, I'm,
2: not, I'm like, I well, don't know that. Who's denying that? Like, I'm saying it's not hard to do. I think the hardest thing to do is probably their road schedule. Like, I mean, that's my most relatable thing to them, you know, like how they're uh, shoved in a bus and go city to city or whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it is interesting and then we we'll, like we we should get to drill, but it is interesting how it it's such a uh it's under discussed how all the adult fans are wildly left wing. Like every wrestling now maybe this is sort of self sorting and I just yeah. run in artist no, circles. I agree. But but it is it is interesting because they make the NFL look moral. <laughs> like like, the, right. like Vince McMahon yeah, and exactly. all that. And they're like And it's like where's the guilt about that's so that? It's so funny you, know? you
2: say that because you're right. right. Because first of all I think the whole thing the whole renaissance with it was a little bit within the Andy Kaufman like uh love when his movie came, when the movie came out and people started getting into his story how he was ahead of his schedule because he liked the theater of wrestling so then that became like a hipster mm-hmm. thing to do you know with comedy like oh the the villain yeah. and the whatever and I get it yeah but it's also mm-hmm. for kids but then if you get into the business itself, especially with like Vince McMahon, like they would like, sure. they, first of all, not only would they pump them full of drugs, but people would die in matches and they would still continue on. Like they're, they're fucking terrible. But yeah, but you're right. You're boycotting the NFL because of CTE. Vince
1: McMahon has the morality of like a coal bearer. <laughs> From the 19th century. Okay. <laughs> like he would hire Pinkerton security guards right. and kill these wrestlers if he could do he, it. You is, know, <laughs> like he has zero <laughs> ethical compass. He
3: just came,
2: he just signed something where he came back and I guess he was, you know, quote unquote canceled for like a year or something because he done, you know, some things.
1: He paid all – He had an affair with an employee and paid it all. He also does these things, like, just real quickly. He doesn't realize, like, now that they're, like, actually a corporation, right. like, because I think they incorporated, yeah, but he still acts like on the, like, I don't know if you remember. At one point, he faked his death. <laughs> and, yes, I did. Uh, like, the wrestling, like, his limo blew up or something. Yeah. And, like, the, the WWE was like, no, he's really dead. Yeah. Like, as part <sighs> right. of, like, the, the ploy, the gag, like, yeah. wink, wink. But, like, uh, like, whatever state they're incorporated out of, Delaware is, like, you actually have to, like, do legal work if your CEO <laughs> dies.
3: <laughs> so like,
1: like, their attorney general yeah. was like, "Yeah, hey guys, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure he's not actually dead, but uh, you need to like declare this to your shareholders. Like, you can't just say your CEO's dead and not make a financial statement."
3: It's so
2: <laughs> Listen, if it's, come on, guys. You knew, if Vince McMahon's gonna die. It's not gonna die on a Monday night on uh, the US on our USA network. <laughs> We're gonna wait for a pay per view to kill him. <laughs>
1: But well, you were saying, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Oh, you. no, you nothing. It oh, they, they, just came back from being canceled. Yeah,
2: and even, even in his cancellation, they're like, well, what are you going to do to stop it? Like, he is the corporate, he is the fucking PT bar. You can't
1: cancel somebody who's like, he's like Trump, All right? He's such an open book. You know, that it, like, he can just go, like, you already knew it.
2: Come yeah, on. and like he'll rip, and then like all right, well it's, it's all right. I have to step down, obviously, for the shareholders. So uh, I want to introduce our new CEO Triple H. Well, you want to step up here and uh, <laughs> my daughter. I believe they're very like okay. Well, it's who's like Roman these, right? Yeah, and who's pulling these strings? You know, <laughs> here comes Nero. He's our new
1: CEO. Uh, oh man all
2: right so we've been uh, right. yeah let's <laughs> without further and into... that's why
1: we need public transportation yes, to compl- save us from these indulgences <laughs> these childhood indulgences so that we can work on the real work of going to dive bars right. and getting drunk and solving the world's problems like we're about to hear from one of our favorites here Durrell scott barnes
0: are we doing? Are we drunk? Uh, is this is drinking show? Make some noise, come on. I was like, this is supposed to be a drink crowd. I know this ain't an NPR crowd, what the fuck? All right, all right, so they. So basically, I know this is a drinking story, so this is a true drinking story. I, I say this, people will be like, this is not true, but it is. The first time, I feel like a sellout, because the first time I blacked out, it was white people. It was Irish people. <laughs> And it was, it, I felt bad about it, okay? Because again, I was, I was only twenty years old. I was underage. What I was just twenty, right? I was doing a lot of comedy. I started when I was sixteen. At twenty, right? And at the time, it, I wasn't even supposed to go to their party. I was not even supposed to go to their party. I was on a date, right? This girl texted me. She, she was just like, "Hey, you wanna, you want me to come over?" I was like, "Of course, I would love pussy, man, but I would love this." <laughs> And she texts back, she was like, cool, I'm on my way. Let's Netflix and chill. I was like, yes, but at the same time, I didn't have any Netflix money. I had none whatsoever. So it quickly turned into a YouTube and chill, right? And I, I, it was, I thought it was a good idea, but the thing is, at the time, I, like, I feel like I hate YouTube as a streaming platform. I don't think we should just be able to put, upload anything we want to put up there, right? <laughs> Cause when you watch Netflix, you can have nice fucking TV shows to watch. You can watch Bridgerton. You can watch Orange is New Black. You go on YouTube, they be like, "Did Abraham Lincoln eat ass?" I be like, "What the fuck?"
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's not like you can't not click on a video, cause it be in your head all day. It's just <laughs> you be at Starbucks like, "Did he eat ass?" I don't know. Maybe he freed the slaves ate ass, right? So quickly she was just like, "Okay, he's broke, right?" And She was like, I must leave, right? And I was by myself. So I was ready to go to bed. I was like, you know what? Night over with, I was about to go to bed. Then I got a text from my friend Brad, right? My my friend Brad was like, hey man, you you sent me a text. And one thing about that invite, was just so loving. He was like, hey man, I don't know what you're up to right now, but we're having a get together at at my apartment. I would love for you to come, right? Now for context for this entire room, I have never kicked with white people off the clock. I've never done it. (laughs) Like, usually I'd be at work, I watch y'all leave, I'm like, I don't know where the fuck y'all going. I don't know. And I'm not racist, like I, like, I do research. I watch this show called Riverdale, so I try to like, I was like, they solve mysteries, right? And like. <laughs> Cause you guys gotta understand, Chicago is a different place. I don't know how many people are in here from Chicago. Make some noise if you're born and raised here in Chicago. So you understand, like, I grew up on 79th. I'm from the south side of Chicago. Like, Chicago's a very segregated city, right? And, like, you can understand that because, like, if you take the CTA, I don't know if people still take that here in this crowd, but the CTA will let you know how segregated the city is. Like, do you know the voice on the bus changed depending on what neighborhood you in? Like, I was on the way to Brad House. Like, it was happy me where I was going and shit. It was like, boom, Belmont. I was like, this is nice, this is nice. I feel progressive. I want to vote for Bernie again, right? I was going through my bad neighborhood. It was scared to tell me where I was going and shit. It was like, boom. You sure about that, dog? I was like, what stop is that? He gave me hints and shit. It was like, boom, check your wallet. It's gone, motherfucker, I don't know. So I get out the crib, I'm on my way, I took the CTA. I'm on my way to Brad's house. I just I didn't know what to do. Cause at the same time, I, like, I never really kid the white people. I only see movies and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- that's why we need diversity in Hollywood. Cause the only thing I knew about white people is what I saw in movies. I thought all of y'all like the fuse bombs and shit, you know? <laughs> With the Hogwarts and shit. I was just like, this is- I-, I see you in the movies, right? Like I freaked out, I was on my way there. I had like a whole thing of kale. I was ready for you motherfuckers. And I walk in and it was the best type of vibe ever. I come in, it was nice vibes and shit like that. It was real good. It was like fancy food I'd never seen before. They had some old peanut butter on the counter. They called it hummus, so I was like, cool. <laughs> And I'm walking through the party, and at the same time, I'm having a huge culture shock, because there's different, there's different sides to every culture, right? Like, I'm walking around the party and shit, I see Brad Brass, like, hey, man, thank you for coming, man, I didn't think you was going to come. He was like, just walk around the party, man, everybody's here, cool, right? So I'm going around the party, and what I'm witnessing is that I'm seeing so many different people. And I was like, I, the first group I went up to, I almost wanted to leave, though, because I, I hit the NPR crowd. I didn't know... <laughs> what the fuck it is. Like it was like a group of like hipsters and shit with the, the, with the little mustache just going up with the tight jeans and like 50 fucking keys on their waist. Like it's 54 keys on his waist just talking about the government. Like I don't know if Biden knows. I don't know if he knows. Like why do you have all them keys on your pocket? Do you own a locker room? What the fuck is it? And they, everybody was going back and forth, and everybody was talking about politics. It was going back and forth. They sounded very smart. Sounded like they had a college degree. And then they look back at me. They see me nod my head. You know, sometimes when you just don't know shit, you just nod. Like, uh huh. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And then they looked at me, and they was like, "Jarell, what the fuck do you think about politics?" Right. Now I'm off two blunts and a shot of Hennessy. I was very open to those people. Right. And not. And I told him, I was like, I don't give a fuck about politics whatsoever. Politics is a very basic thing, right? It's only just rich people talking to broke people and broke people talking to rich people. That is all it is. Like when you, when you broke, you have everything to fucking worry about. You gotta think about rent, you gotta think about student loans, you gotta think about what Netflix password to steal. It's like a lot of factors in our head every day. Rich people, they don't have problems, okay? They only got one, haunted houses. That is the only one. Like you see you see ghost hunters, that's not our real estate. What the fuck? Like every time you watch ghost hunters, it's some big mansion on the hill with 32 bedrooms, a fucking foyer. That ain't got nothing to do with us. Like you never heard of a haunted one bedroom, one bath? Like <laughs> Like, oh you talking about four B? That's haunted, no motherfucker. Don't ever wanna see a ghost in a studio apartment? Like
3: <laughs> I'm so cold he ain't pay the heat
0: today. Just wanna go and pass on to the afterlife. <laughs> So they 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 I understood that I understood that completely. I had to get away from that fucking group. I had to. I really did. So I walked away. I was like, "Thank you so much." I was like, Thank you. I had to go. And then I was like, "You know what? I had to get away from the from the hipster guys." I was like, "I want to get around the women. I want to get around the women." So I found the nearest batch of K- Karens around there, right? And then I was like, "This should be fun." And then they all they wanted to do was talk about the Bachelorette, right? And. And now guys, I fuck with that show. I do. I do fuck with The Bachelorette, I do. I just think it's unfair. It's an unfair show, right? Cause like when you look at the show, it's not like they have real people on that motherfucker. They have the cream of the crop of America to date one person. You can't compete with that shit. Like it's always the same dudes. Even like some dude walking down I'm like, hi, my name's Trevor, I'm 21 and I'm a scientist. I'm like, who the fuck <laughs> is 21 and a scientist? <laughs> I know a 21 year old drug dealer, who the fuck is these people? Like I want somebody on that show that I can relate to, you know what I mean? Like I want somebody to come up like, hi, my name's Kyle, I'm 29, I work at Target. I'm like, that's the guy. (laughs) Give him the pussy, that's an essential worker. (laughs) Kyle gonna be on that show for four episodes. He had to go back to work like, thank you so much, thank you. (laughs) Had to get away from them. I had to go around there, try to go back and forth, right? You yeah. know, and I was like going back and forth and shit. Then I like fucked around, I went to the drug room. You I went to a party, it was just like, like it's like a certain yeah. section yeah. where motherfuckers yeah. is doing drugs. It's like, you just want to call the police just on that section right there. The party right here is all it's all nice and inviting. It's just euphoria all around this motherfucker. And like when the moment I walked in, it was like a blue light, the motherfucker was like, hey, you wanna you, you want do some cocaine? I was like, what the fuck? And, and the thing about it... Somebody said, oh... <laughs> no, cause the thing is that I feel the same way about that. The reason being is just that I've never done cocaine in my entire life. I've never done it. But I think about that shit every fucking day. I do. Cause the thing is, I don't know what it's like to be on cocaine. Like, do you do coke? go home and watch Fast and the Furious? Like, I don't know the steps. Like, if I did cocaine, I'd probably go to the movie theater and just stand up the whole time. <laughs> This Tyler Perry movie hitting right now, this (laughs) shit. So I had to get out the drug room. I was like, you know what, I'm leaving day alone over here, and I had to get away from that, right? And then I stumbled on the hip-hop crowd, right? It was like a bunch of dudes, they were just like arguing and shit, and then when they saw me, it was like a breath of relief for them at the party, cause it felt like they had like a strong opinion in the room, right? And the dudes looked at me and they was like, Jarrell, like, we were having an argument, right? And uh, we was wondering, like, who is better? Is it Jack Harlow or Eminem? Oh. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck are you telling me this right now? <laughs> I almost wanted to say I listen to country just to fuck them up, right? <laughs> like, you know what I'm like, oh, you mean Lil Nas X? I'm like, no, motherfucker, right? But it got me to think it though. Cause it's like, it's, it's always the same thing in hip hop when I was at that party, right? It's the same fucking thing every time, right? It's always just like white rapper, black rapper, white rapper, black rapper, right? Like I feel like there's more minorities that should be in on this conversation. You know what I mean? There's a lot more people that hate the White House. Like I'm still waiting on the first Native American rapper. I think that shit would be dope, right? Yeah. Like if Lil' Buffalo drop an album, ain't nobody gonna listen to <laughs> it. Got a ice style feather in his head just in the club. Mixtape be called No Thanksgiving. I will buy that shit. <laughs> <laughs> First single be I Want My Land Back, featuring Puff Daddy. I mean, it was... <laughs> But then, he, but then they were just like they they, came, they kept going with the conversation. They were just like they were just like man. He was like he was like I know um, Bobby Shmurda came out. Jarell's like I can't wait to like party, like just like bump his new album and shit like that. And I was like they don't even understand who the fuck he is, but they rooting for him. <laughs> Sometimes rappers get out of jail, and they be like, fuck yeah, let's listen to him, right? They don't even know. The thing is, I know everybody in the crowd right now, like Bobby Shmurda, he did it. No, he did not, he did not. He's a civil rights activist to me, right? <laughs> but no, like, the thing is, like, like that's, how they, that's how it happens when rappers get out of jail. Like, they, they, like when they get out of jail, like when Bobby Shmurda got out of jail, right, he got picked up by his friend in a G5 plane filled with women and money, and then he, went and landed, he bought his mom a house. And that's when it dawned on me that hip-hop is the only job where you go to jail and get a promotion. That is the only one. <laughs> it wouldn't work for no other job like Frank from McDonald's go to jail for attempted murder. Ain't like his manager gonna be outside like, yo, streets been waiting on them chicken McNuggets, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sauce just ain't been the same, fam. So now the, the party's about to end. The party's about to end. And everybody's there and Brad puts his arm around me, right? This is the first time I ever had to kick it with another culture, you know what I mean? It's the only time. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, this is a great time. So what I did is I started getting fucked up, right? I took three shots of my Lord. I had three PBRs, and I had an enormous amount of weed in my lungs. I was just sitting there going back and forth and I'm getting drunk and I'm having the best fucking time I could possibly have in my life. Because the thing about getting fucked up is not just the fact that you're getting fucked up. It's the fact that you're getting fucked up and you're having a good time and you can just relax and just not have to worry about the bullshit that's in your life. You don't have to worry about the fucking rent. You don't have to worry about that fucking toxic ex with who you fucking with. You don't have to worry about shit about that and I'm having a good time. And then I've realized that I, hit, I like hit a peak white moment because at once it hit 1 a.m., they start doing a lot of chanting, a lot of songs, and Brad Brad came up to me and he was just like, man, before you leave, Jarrell, you gotta sing our victory song. And I'm like, Brad, what the fuck? Uh, Putting a lot of pressure on me right now. I start trying to remember the Friends theme song in my head. So I'm like, "No, nah, nah, like a Dawson Creek crowd. Maybe I just, I don't want to no i Like, I'm, I'm tuning myself in the back. For what it is, no, my high school musical, we all in this, you know, like this is a jukebox going on in my head, right? And he was like, "Bro, you'll know when you hear it, right?" He pushed me into the living room, and it was a circle full of people, and it was just, it was one dude that came out with a ukulele, had long hair, looked like a hipster Jesus, just walking around, and he sang this magical song called "Sweet Caroline." I don't know if anybody (laughs) they were just sitting there like, "Sweet Caroline." Ba, ba, ba. It's like back that ass up for white people. I've never seen. <laughs> so white girl came out the bathroom like, oh my song on, bitch. I didn't know.
3: I didn't know. <laughs> but at the end of the day,
0: what I realize is that uh, we got to be more together, right, to understand what the fuck is going on. <laughs> we do, and. I do understand that party, and I do thank Brad for, for, for inviting me over to that party, because I'll never forget it. That was the first time. I was just a kid from the south side of Chicago trying to chase a dream, right? Uh, and right now, I just finally got... And one of the hardest things that I ever had to do was try to get on TV. And uh, what's happening next week is that I'm going to be on Vice TV when the TV show is And
3: I'm not saying that to be
0: braggadocious, but... By me going back and forth and and, and, and and learning about people and relating to people and different people like yourselves, I was able to, to chase a dream. So that is my drinking story. You guys have a nice, great night. <laughs>
2: All right, we're back in the Blackout Diaries, and that was the legendary Jarrell Scott Barnes, who's with us <laughs> telling us his, his ventures into white neighborhoods and white culture. <laughs> what a harrowing going on What on? a harrowing tale Jerrell told.
3: It was a of journey
2: <laughs>
0: What's up buddy the game of doing? The I'm doing good man I'm doing very good man It's good to see you I I haven't seen you I in know. a while buddy
2: I know I haven't seen you in a minute I'm coming through uh, Chicago next week I'll see you then
0: Oh yes 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 we must party
3: but, yes. yeah, it, It's always Although-
0: It's always a big journey When you Especially like when you culturally, if you're like in one spot and then you go uh, to a new culture and you go into like a party, it's always like It's jarring, but like in a more positive (laughs) way because you'll just you'll just walk in and just notice so many different things
2: was you said. Oh yeah, this is the first time. And this was uh, off the clock whites for you. Like this is the first time you, <laughs> you,
0: you <laughs> hung out with whites off the clock.
1: <laughs> it's like when you see your coworkers; yeah, uh, they're, they're not were... wearing their uniform. Right. It's really weird at first, Absolutely. you know. Startle like,
2: a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, see, you see them in their natural habitat. You know. <laughs>
0: Hey, cause it's always like you see him at work, and then you know you're trying to kick it. be like, "Oh, Paul could really take down a PBR." You know I
3: mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's always <laughs> a difference. Yeah, you know? um, yeah, no, that that was actually very true when I was like, when I was like 18 to 20. Yeah, yeah, I was like to the point where I was just like I was always in my own like neighborhoods, and I was in my own bubble. Right. And then it wasn't it wasn't until that point that I really start venturing out and trying to understand different things.
1: Well and we, you know, today on the podcast we're talking about like public transportation, and it's funny because like the CTA is basically structured almost like directly or indirectly to keep us in our own neighborhoods. Like, have I you didn't... ever noticed that? Like, the CTA is like, hey, we're great at getting white people and black people downtown, yeah. <laughs> but if you want to go to each other's neighborhood, that's a two-hour journey. Oh, you know? yes. like like we we are not good at uh, co-mingling neighborhoods, you <laughs> know. <laughs>
0: It would be like, there was this, I remember when I first got back from New York, because I was living in New York and I was moving back to Chicago, right? And New York transportation is like, it just, everything's mixed with everything, right? You can go anywhere. But when you go back to Chicago, I was living in in Hyde Park at the time. And the thing about the South Side is the buses start running at like 12, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: which is insane because like you could take the the, the train anytime you want to, the L, but you'll need a bus to get Mm -hmm. you home. You know, just to, for that, that final stretch. Mm-hmm. So it will be times I'll be doing a show, and then, like, it will be, like, nine, ten o'clock, and then I'm trying to run to get to that bus, and it's just, like, mission impossible, just running. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's the worst feeling in the world, dude, when you get off on that train and you see that final bus just pulling Man. off into the horizon, and you know nothing yeah. else is coming. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Talk it, about a heartbreak.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a that's a boat going out to the ocean, like leaving the dock. Like, oh, I am am <laughs> just stuck here forever.
0: And you, you always remember the bus driver's face too. Like he's like he just never gave a fuck. He just did yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did not care at all. But yeah, the, the, the transportation I, is the weird. Like Chicago has the weirdest one because you just never know. Because it's like vaudeville with like you know you know the door that you open to get to the other cart. Right, you never mm-hmm. you never know what what that person's gonna be when they open that door.
3: <laughs>
0: you never know. Like in Chicago, you Chicago. I'm not in Chicago. That's how it is when you go to New York. Like it's like a, a talent show. You got people dancing, jumping around, and stuff. Right. I saw I saw a homeless dude. He was he was a comedian. He just started just saying jokes. He won our hearts by by the time we got to flushing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, usually you're going cart to cart, coming through, you hear that noise, when you hear that noise of the doors opening up in between cars, like, okay, here we go, you know, it's like, okay, I just want one minute of your time, you know, and you hear that, and you just like go Yeah, through. in Chicago,
1: it's disappointing right. when, when that door opens up, but I, yeah, I I, agree with you, in New York, it's like, all of a sudden, you hear an accordion playing, and like, they're coming through, <laughs> with like, like dancers, and it's a lot more, like, uh, like, you're gonna see a show, it's great.
0: It's amazing. <laughs> It did. Like, uh, like it. Then I went to to Boston. Cleanest, cleanest transportation I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like I sat it, down and did not like feel bad about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Boston sucks uh, for drinking because like the uh, they call it the tea, I yeah. believe. Yeah. And it um it shuts down early. Like I I don't think it runs after. That's why it's so clean. It's expensive and it shuts down early. You know. <sighs> really. Um, it does. Yeah. I remember like every time I'm out drinking in Boston, I the night ends in me going on this diatribe about like <laughs> this isn't a real city <laughs> 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 like they should still be running the trains at this hour like why is last call at 11 p.m
2: yeah. <laughs> this isn't a real city. san
1: francisco is the same way with the bart it did it, it shuts down too early you know Wait, that, um, so i will say that I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna defend the cta here where they they do run those things 24 hours a day for us drunks now the buses like you said hit or miss but the trains they keep going all night long that's fair that, Nidre, that's i didn't fair. realize you did, are you from new york originally i always thought you were from uh chicago
0: no no no, no. i i grew up in chicago when, when i turned 18 i was trying to do like my coyote ugly like i'm gonna make it you know yeah. <laughs> so i went down there but yeah Yeah, I'm a city. I'm a Chicago boy at heart.
2: Yeah, well, we'd like to be talked about when you're on 79th, right? Is that what you said in the store? And then, then when you take the train up to the white neighborhood, the voices change on the CTA with the the stops, (laughs) which is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's all welcome to Belmont, like all happy and (laughs) and nice. (laughs) And then then they're like, "Ah, Harlem, get (laughs) out."
0: That's how be. Sometimes like in the bus <laughs> driver like you go to like the dangerous neighborhoods Maybe mm-hmm. like you'll you'll like hop on the bus and then he'll look at you like All right, it's your choice. <laughs> yeah,
2: I like when you like, sometimes if you're on to the end, you know of your sleep Or whatever. Like, they, yeah, they pull over. All right. Well, this is it. Are you sure? You know, like we don't go <laughs> yeah. further than this <laughs> Every
1: white like every white girl I know who moved to Chicago has a story where like they made the wrong mistake on a train or something, and like some CTA bus driver like basically opened the door like, "What the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like you're in the wrong, you know? <laughs> like get on here, mm-hmm. you know? Like I would just take my personal time to get you home, but like you are not in the right place." <clears throat> Oh yeah. Have you ever made mistakes on on uh, any of the like the CTA or anything like that, Jarrell? Where you're like, oh holy shit, this isn't what I like. Like not necessarily in a bad neighborhood, but you're like, I just fucked up the rest of my day by getting on the wrong train or something like that.
0: Yeah, I had moments where me and my friends. I remember one of my. I remember when I was like seventeen. We was we I was booked on a show up north. I forget where exactly it was, but I feel like we had to go to. Montrose Blue Line stop or something like that. But I've never I've only taken, like, the red, green, orange mm. in my life, so I've never took mm-hmm. like, the blue. And uh, so me and my friend, 17, real late night, we're going on a train. I completely get us on the wrong train. Because, you know, you haven't been, like, the guy where you're like, I'm I'm the Christopher Columbus of this right here. I have to, like, navigate. <laughs> you know, and then they'd be like, are you sure? Yeah. Like, I know what the fuck I'm doing, right? And so I get us completely... Out of it right so we like go like to f- uh jefferson park which is to 17 year yeah. like furthest thing it's like we went yeah that's
2: far that's damn narrow hair
0: yeah really far so then he's like ah oh, shit okay so then my friend finally figures out i don't know what i'm doing so he like navigates us back then we, we do get to montrose but that was like we could have got there at like maybe 10 we didn't get there till like midnight <laughs> <laughs> that's how long it was right. <laughs> because i wanted to know act like i knew what directions were
2: yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll get confused like uh i used to get confused not confused but like uh if I'm rushing like to do a transfer and i'll jump on the wrong one like you know, like, like I'm trying to hit, catch on the orange line whatever to get the midway and then next you know you're on the green or something and you're like you're going way mm-hmm. out in the south side like oh I, I need to get off this thing immediately and then you're just then you're just dropped out of the middle of nowhere
3: and you gotta because
2: yeah. because you know that when they come through like you, you just jump on like oh it's perfect the perfect exchange and like you don't realize you don't realize till so you go like when it starts veering off and it's kind of like it splits like that out i'm like okay that's 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 where everything nice is where i need to be and now you're just like in the neighborhood like, does this have an emergency exit out this window what i could well barrel rolling out this window get me out of this situation <laughs>
0: The first, the first time I got arrested was at a New Jersey PATH train. Okay, that was oh, like what happened. I we used to hop like we were. I was very poor when I was on the East Coast, so sometimes I would ask people for swipes and stuff like that. And for this particular day, like me and my friends were just like, "Fuck, it, we'll just hop the train, right?" Because they upgraded yeah. it. It used to be two twenty five, and then it was two fifty. So we right. was we really was boycotting if you really want to break it down. We was boycotting mm-hmm. those those prices.
2: Absolutely. I, I well, God.
0: And then we so we hopped the train and we was doing it like Monday was fine, Tuesday was fine. This Wednesday, they were all to us. I feel like it was something. And so we was like, I was nervous, but I was like, whatever. So I hopped the train. Next thing you know, this guy comes out. Uh he he pulls, he pulls out because there's undercover cops. Yeah. At train stations on the East Coast for some reason. I don't know why, but it is. So this guy pulls out this badge and he's just like, oh man, come on, sit on down. And I was just like, I should have known. Because he was wearing like old black fashion That's how you spot the undercover <laughs> guy. Because <laughs> the cops give him a piece of shit clothes. Like, hey, you got some fubu right. You guys like fubu right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: that's
2: hilarious. He had an eight ball like, jacket on. A hey, ball.
0: <laughs> 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 With construction boots, I'm like, alright, All right, that should go. <laughs>
2: the Looney Tunes should have clued, clued you in,
0: <laughs> <laughs> bro. And it, it's fuck It's fucked up because they 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 have a jail in the Pabst in New Jersey. They have, they have their right. own yeah. jail, right. but they had me arrested. They put me in the 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 lobby of it, and then there's just a bunch of people that walk past that look at you and be like, you didn't have two dollars and fifty cents. Right, two twenty five. <laughs> And <laughs> Was this worth it? <laughs> <laughs> Was this worth which it? we could be saying just, which we could be saying to the
2: New Jersey government and police? Is this worth it? This yeah, entire exactly. thing, operation we cracked out two twenty five. But you know what? That yeah, happens. you've
1: recovered seven dollars in lost revenue here. But <laughs> um, oh man, that's hilarious, Drell, I uh, your story. The way you end it, I, I love it so much when you talk about like your discovery of the white back that ass up, Sweet Caroline, <laughs> mm-hmm. and when you when you when you start singing it, the whole crowd like all the white people like join in and everything. Yeah, they
2: can't help themselves. It's like a USA chant. <laughs> they like, you, you yeah. just started. Oh they're just, they're, they're going to do it. So you were saying so you were talking about sweet, just talking about Sweet Caroline in front of the oh white, my God, white, so white audience had them going. And then you just have to do the da 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 part, and they they <laughs> scream it at you. That's it's like, it's like you're you're leading the leading the cause. Was was that
1: party really the first time you had seen um, how white people go wild for that song, or like do you remember like what your first exposure was to
0: that? Yeah, I was in Aurora, and then um, I was doing this place called the Comedy Shrine, and on the last night there's like a bar area right next to it and they have like food so i was very interested in the food component and uh so i was walking in there but they have like a karaoke situation and there was like a lot of people from the neighborhood there so like i was just like you know um just ordering food next thing you know this the song comes on and then i just hear like just wait care everybody I'm looking it was like the end of like a sitcom like everybody got their arm around each other everybody drinking
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> everybody's friendly to each other I'm just sitting just looking at this just magical eat, <laughs> song I'm just like okay yeah like can eat, I get a
3: cheeseburger
2: <laughs> eating that peanut butter hummus as you were saying Yes, <laughs> you gotta you, got you took in a lot that day at that party of a complete white culture. That was amazing
0: <laughs> It's just that, it's just what i found is that and like White Kickbacks is like, you guys give more, like you take hosting more seriously.
2: Yeah. And so
0: it's like, I w- I got the Buffalo dip. This going to be the best mm-hmm. Buffalo dip. You've never had zucchini bread before. Like, right. and then <laughs> with like, with well, my friends it's just like, it's like BYOB. Like you got to bring your own. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like everybody has their own separate things. I'm just providing a roof here. Exactly.
2: I think it's because, yeah, I think it's because white people we talk about each other uh, behind our backs after the fact. So that's why we got to make everything good with the hosting. When you guys, yes. you guys, you let it out at the end of the moment. You know, you're you're a day of roasters,
0: <laughs> if, if, if I may,
2: <laughs> and it's done with then. You know, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Cause it you, it'd be like hang.
0: two right. days later like a cow's oh,
3: potato salad. Was yeah. fucked up. Mm, that was
2: <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really went with something with that new recipe. I don't know if I would have <laughs> <laughs> judged about that.
1: Well, it's interesting as I get older. I feel um, when we host parties, and my wife and I host a lot of parties, and I feel now like my white friends show up. With overly elaborate food and drinks, you know, mm-hmm. like it's almost like they have to show like this is bacon that I made at home. Like I cured it, you know, um, <laughs> and they're bringing like really like they spent hours on these things that they're bringing. And it's mm-hmm. almost like I don't I don't like like trying to reveal a part of their personality, I guess. I don't know what they're they're attempting to do. But that, that's something I've been noticing recently is the really elaborate uh, foods people are bringing. Yeah. And then there's always somebody at a white a white party. Who's like? I need to know what has nuts in it. Like, like there's always <laughs> yeah, right. like there's always three kids that have deadly peanut allergies. Like, I don't know if that happens in the black community or not, but in the white community, it's 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 wild.
2: <laughs> I like I like how Jarrell's party uh, set is becoming this interview right now of a black <laughs> <elect> culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It is a difference though, because I mean, he's right. Like, there's that right. brings like very elaborate. Yeah, stuff to it, and it gives I me anxiety because he... because when I go, I'm like, I can I can I can buy lays of Doritos. Now. I got to buy like organic tortilla trips, <laughs> <through> <laughs> in right. Arizona, so he don't think I'm a here. I gotta bring. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I think people should have to wear to uh, not name labels, but labels of what food they brought at parties, so we know. Oh, you're the cre- you know you're the uh, crusted cream, <laughs> you're the crusted cream spinach. I enjoy your work. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been, I've been. Uh, I've said you twice already
3: Oh, God. I, I,
1: well, Jarrell uh, You're always at the Blackout Diaries You're always at the Lincoln Lodge I always see you. that you're either uh, oh, yeah. performing at a show or working the door uh, Before you leave, can you tell our listeners Ways that they can follow more of your career, please?
0: Oh, absolutely um, You can follow me at Uh On all social media platforms Jarrell, J-A-R-R-E-L-L-S Dot Barnes Like Barnes Noble Also, I got a wine show celebration Coming up april 29th that's uh at juice 1340 in the west loop uh this is a show where we put up uh my favorite music acts and comedians and we kind of blend them together and then slap a little tiny sketch in between so if you want tickets it's in my bio
2: i like that for
0: sure
1: yeah that sounds great yeah we'll put the link up uh for that show uh on the podcast as well gerald thank you so much uh for joining us
0: oh thank you guys man i appreciate you and who won in that debate
2: between Jack Harlow and Eminem? By the way, in that party when I asked, actually... <laughs> just to settle, no just to settle, that was open. Yeah, no one wins that No that so one wins. <laughs> <laughs> no one
3: wins.
2: That is great. Like, what's the theme here? Oh, and yeah, MC Search is all as well. All right, I think I, yeah. I think I get the, the theme the here. The
3: peanut butter hummus won that debate.
2: <laughs> peanut butter hummus. Now, that'd be a good rapper name, a white rapper name for sure. P hummus. Yeah, <laughs> P hummus. <Yeah, P-Hummus. laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Joel, thank you so much for coming right, in, buddy. And we're back at the Blackout Diary. Sean Bear Flanner is C.J. Sullivan. That was Jarrell Scott Barnes, who just left us. Hilarious story. And uh, C.J., we've been talking about public transportation mm-hmm. and how it's great for drunks. And it turns out a lot of studies are showing uh, that it's not just us drunks, that everyone, that the happiness increases in towns that have good public transportation.
2: Yeah, no, that's definitely a theory of uh... <laughs> you. Uh, you have been known to be in cities where the public transportation is just, but it's not like late night hours for you. Just scream, scream into the skies! How you are not a real city. You've, you've said that about uh, Boston, which is one of the <laughs> birthplaces of our country. <laughs> not real. These Johnny Come Latelys. <laughs> Shutting down your tea <laughs> at the 12 o'clock.
1: You got to keep it running 24 hours or you or you fall off the map as far as I, I'm, I'm
2: concerned. Can't really, to, I remember being at the Red city. Sox game one time and people were like, like run the eighth inning. Like, well, if we want to catch the tea, we got to get out of here. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, the fucking game's not over. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck this.
1: Um, but... It turns out that uh, some uh, studies have backed up what I'm saying. This is from the University of Minnesota. Transport policy scholar Jason Chow was the uh, lead researcher and found this. And he basically said people who live near rail lines are happier with their lives. He looked at uh, several cities, and it says that the the satisfaction, uh, a clear sign to him that service and access were responsible for satisfaction, Uh, that basically when you control for everything else, like income, Uh, density of living and all that, that basically being by a train makes you happier. It also, CJ, and this is why I would say it makes you happier, if I could go one step further uh, than the (laughs) University of uh, Minnesota. Uh, That's because it allows you to drink more. Uh, This is a separate study by the Journal of Public Economics, and it says uh, that late-night transportation... In particular, public transportation increases alcohol consumption while lowering DUIs, and that creates for a quote okay. safer what, what, drinking what environment. What
2: cities did they? I want to know what cities they did a study in though, as well.
1: This was D.C. This, this study D. C. was on in All Washington right. D.C., well,
2: which doesn't have a crazy Correct. nightlife scene to begin with, Washington D.C. But. Um, it's uh, definitely it does not. not a city, and, I, and those are definitely people that get in and get out of there at certain hours. You know that is a, that is a segregated city. Yeah, Washington D.C. <laughs> I would like yeah. to argue. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, it is great. Obviously, if you live in a city, parking and all that stuff, and like it takes care of all that. But uh, the people that ride the train plays a big part of of, of your happiness or not, <laughs> you know, I mean, especially when it comes to late night. There's a reason why yeah. so many cities don't have it running all night. Obviously it gets, it, it gets seedier as the night goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I know there was a situation this, this week in Chicago with the CTA employee where, where a uh, CTA.
1: Yes. Guy was passenger. killed uh, yeah. by a CTA employee late at night. A passenger was killed. He was beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this uh, made national news. Uh, this is a great <laughs> Chicago story. Great Chicago story. The customer was beaten right. over the course of fifty five minutes to death
3: mm-hmm. by
1: the CTA employee. The CTA employee tried to cover it up. Basically, tried to say he OD'd, fell down the stairs. But the, they asked. They didn't see any drug paraphernalia. They asked to see the tape, and they saw the CTA employee killed him. This was the part where it's very Chicago. The The Tribune interviews. Yeah. This employee's supervisor, who had just murdered a customer, the supervisor was quoted as saying, hey, I warned him that his customer treatment <laughs> needed to improve. So
2: that's basically all the I, t- t- I, t- I told HR, listen, you might have to hone somebody's skills. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, I just, like, I love that, like, kind of like a, like right. a yearly performance review where you're like, listen, Bill, <laughs> you show up on time. I love that. You're always dressed in the uniform. I never have to remind uh, you, you know, to bring your name tag and all that. Uh, criticisms. I have. <laughs> you have killed two customers. A
2: couple assaults on there. You, uh, you did shove a guy down a flight of steps once during, his, during the war time.
1: There was a separate CTA employee who six months ago shot a man to death. They got in an argument, and he walked down to the train platform. There's a it's video amazing. of it. just shoots and him to we,
2: death. Um, we have a couple of stories. You, we always you always hear the CTA employees like mulling around and just like talking about you know complaints about working like that.
1: They openly and publicly just talk about yeah. in front of you how much they hate. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you were as a saying
2: uh, there was a guy like speaking of Los Angeles the public transportation, because we have public transportation in Los Angeles, but people just don't use it. You know what I mean? Like so, when I do use it, it's clean, it yep. works, and you know like, you can't you can't believe it. like oh I just really. It's pretty nice out here. It's barely you. It's like it's like a it's like it's like they're yeah. shooting a film for like a you know like, kind of like hey come use yeah yeah like, like come a sci-fi use the CTI. Look at nobody yeah. on it you know kind of a situation. Yeah. And you heard like an LA employee. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a dude. It was during one of our polar vortexes. So I'm waiting for the blue line. So it's like bear in mind because it's important to this story. It's like Correct. negative 20 degrees. Okay. And it's these three, and we're all under the heater. Like, so they have like on on the platforms during the winter. If you're on an exposed platform, they have like these heating stations that everybody. We're almost like a. It's almost like when you see like uh, how uh, how rats survive the winter, <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, they keep their sure. body heat together. Like, like, there's like 200 people like crunched into this uh, waiting for the train. And anyways, these three CTA employees are talking, and the ones one dude's like, "Yeah, just started here, moved yeah. out of L.A." And he goes, "Oh." L.A. Right. to Chicago. I mean, that's a huge difference. What's the worst part of Chicago so far? It's it's got to be the weather. And the CTA. The, the other the guy from L.A. goes, No, it's the customers. <laughs> the other guy goes, Oh yeah, our customers are the worst. He goes, Yeah, the worst people I've ever met. And they're all right next to you.
2: <laughs> um, oh, next to the customers. <laughs> all right, yeah. I know. Never mind. one time when I was going there. There, there was two guys. Whatever they were talking, like, hey, you hear about Eddie, man. Like, no, have I? <laughs> You know, he got he got suspended, uh for what? Oh, you know, salt salting a customer, beat you know, he uh, got in a fight with the customer, beat him like, Oh, what happened? So, you know, he's he working too hard, you know, that's how you know how that is. He's like, uh, <laughs> customer got his face and you know, he's working too hard and that's what's gonna happen. And they're like, Oh yeah, and like they just act like that's a natural excuse for just absolutely jumping a customer. And I think the problem is, um, the CTA employees and, and like an end of any like public transportation employee in New York is the same way too. They just don't have any break rooms where they can gather up and <laughs> complain about customers. Yeah. Every job yeah. needs a break room. We take. Yeah, you're so right. We've all yeah.
1: worked like retail jobs, grocery stores, and that's like your like that's like your almost yeah, like your therapy absolutely. is the break room where you all just talk about the worst customer you've dealt with that day and it's so your, on. And you need right. that reset.
2: It's your safe space. You need a, a space where the, the boss can't even get there, the manager, you you, you will know, find you'll go like you just need a room. You don't care if it's behind a wall, you can just duck down here with your cheese sandwich and just hide for five minutes and you need that. Yeah. Right? And come
1: Complaint. just commit, yes. like group complaints about the cu- Like uh, yeah, you've talked me into. I don't think these CTA employees are any worse mm-hmm. than any other occupation. If you're constantly surrounded by the customers with no yeah, you can't break, put them in booths you know.
2: for eight hours. You know, dealing with all these people and no break from it, and just so we can just like Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> all these people. So instead of buying, yeah, building new routes, we just need to build break rooms for these guys. So we're not going to, uh, they're not going to kill each other, not kill us. I mean,
1: I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, it is like uh, I, I do hear like I'm always in a constant debate about the CTA, which is mm-hmm. I don't know which is funnier, the customers mm-hmm. or the employees, like the employees level. Don't yes. give a fuckness. You know, we, we've been talking about that. I heard some hilarious things from customers. I, actually, just a few weeks ago, I was on the blue line and this dude is loudly mm-hmm. talking on the phone and um, he's like, what? What, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just throw a. Eight? Not. Nah, you know what? I don't want. Forget it. I approve the <laughs> surgery. And then he just hangs up. <laughs> approve?
2: Like, who is he like talking, you're talking to? a mechanic or something. <laughs> all right. You know what? Just do all the work. And, and, I'll get
1: through it. Uh, no, I. I, I, I th- he said surgery. So I think he yeah. is like. It's like somebody's. Like he's a. Sure. Like you, your mom is senile or something. And like now, like uh-huh. you're in charge of like the. the um. Uh, I think he was talking to a doctor on the other end, and the doctor was probably like, "This is a really serious thing," and just like on the blue line and doesn't give a fuck. And I was like, Who, "Like, whose so estate funny. is this?" What dude was that in one
2: story you of, have you know? about the uh, the lady on bitch about the uh, jacket?
1: oh that's that's a great that's a great because it's it's a great intersection okay. of cta customers and employees both being hilarious yeah i mm. so when i moved to chicago this is before i start stand up i was uh working as a computer consultant at the time and I lived right by Wrigley okay. Field so it's the Addison Red Line uh, station. I go in there and in the summer like the tracks will sometimes just catch <laughs> yeah. on fire because like there's grease and oil all right. over and then like the electrical like it happens all the time I tell it's funny I tell when I mm-hmm. tell the story to people they just start laughing right out, and I'm like well no that's yeah the normal they do catch like, the tracks are thing. always catching on fire okay like that just happens and uh, like the fire grew out of control on the Addison Red Line, so they, they had to shut down the Addison Red Line and they were doing shuttle buses to Belmont and it's like rush hour. And I walk in with this tall businesswoman, and she just lays into this CT. And, it, it like, the buses, yeah. the shuttle buses suck, if you've ever had to do that. And um, she's like, no, no, you, you're not going <laughs> to shut down a train station and trains and replace it with buses, okay? We're, we're not doing this. And she, she points at me because uh-huh. I'm like, I'm dressed like a business person, I guess. And she goes, he and no, 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 I, um, we have real jobs. Mm, she says dude, this to the CTA Jesus, operator. And I'm like, well, crazy. lady, do not bring me into this, like, And the CTA, like I will say, the CTA employee, Mm -hmm. uh, she means, she stayed relatively calm. She just turned to this customer and she goes, uh, "Bitch, (laughs)
3: we
1: caught the motherfucking (laughs) tracks on fire." (laughs) And I always loved that. I was like, you know, say what you will about the CTA, you would never get that level.
2: (laughs) No, right? Exactly.
1: (laughs) They're always like, "Oh, uh, the yeah, town's delaying." Right. They never give you the truth. It's raining in Phoenix. You're like, "What? What does that?" Have that's do the difference. My place? Like, from, they're right. always lying to you. The yeah, CTA that's the will give you the employment. straight dope
2: and city employment where they know where they know what it takes to get <laughs> yeah. them out of there. <laughs> and it's always funny when like yeah. uh, <laughs> some. Yeah. Um, as they call them, Karens nowadays or whatever. When they, when they first come on a train, they can't believe like this is like you know the, the culture, the culture or whatever. Yes. You know, they're shocked about the whatever the mm-hmm. conditions and uh, they're yeah.
1: used to their United Travel Miles being treated and pampered everywhere they go. Right. And now they're dealing so with employees CTA, and customers
2: and just the way the situation is. Like just uh, everyone has an understanding. Mm-hmm. There's going to be crazy people on there, but as long as you let them be yep. crazy, you know, get in the way, it's mm-hmm. you know, just part of it's it's part of the the atmosphere there, you know? Like everyone's got everyone's got a role to play, mm-hmm. you know? And it's still <laughs> intertwining with each other. Um <laughs> it was a similar situation I was back in um uh Chicago. I think it was on the r- red line. Maybe when I transferred in the red line, whatever. And uh there was a crazy guy in there and he was like um he was smoking a cigarette or something. I think he was smoking a cigarette. I was thinking he was smoking a cigarette, which is always okay. like, you know, a red flag. And then this one, <laughs> this woman, and she was like, you know, Karen or whatever. She was just like that, and she was just like, um, look at, she couldn't believe that no one was saying anything, you know, <laughs> or something like that. So she's go and she starts yeah. yelling at him like, "Am I the only one? You can't smoke in here, sir. You know, I'm smoking." And he starts, and you know, he starts yelling back, or like, and she's uh, yelling at him about it, you know, and. uh... Mm-hmm. And, he's, and they and start yelling at each other, and she looks around and goes, "Well, am I the only one, you know, who's gonna say anything, you know?" And then, um, like whatever, like I think I'm the only one. Who has the balls or something like that? Something like that. We're all like, we're like, well, listen, look, we still haven't. The whole train, like, hasn't decided which side we're on yet, you know. We're all we're because we're like, you yeah. know, obviously you can't mm-hmm. smoke in here or anywhere, sir. But uh, also. On, on the spectrum of problems you have to right. deal with on public transportation. Exactly. And then, b- 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 ma'am, also, you don't yell at anyone on <laughs> the fucking train, especially a crazy person. That's just a that's rule number, that rule precedence.
3: Yeah. Now exactly. we're going to get this We're going to start trumping on that
2: rule. And so then he starts yelling, yeah. he starts yelling, yelling back at him. We started joining his side or something like, uh, uh, he's, he's mm-hmm. like, this going back and forth. It's because like, she, she was more of, she was, she wasn't, um, uh, Definitely a more hateable villain the way that she you know she was saying mm-hmm. things and then sure. like, he he you could tell he, he he could tell that we were rallying for him you know like whatever get you know fuck off and so he he started throwing things yeah. out there, And not think you're racist and then the whole train's like ah that's not quite it like you're you are I mean you are sm- you are smoking <laughs> you know so he's like, all right. Yeah, don't yeah. use the
1: Trump, you know, you already have a powerful hand. Exactly, don't, don't you can see ASL him dial up yet,
2: up. no, he know? looked around, like, no, no, yeah. I didn't test, okay, well, I'll tell you what, lady, <laughs> then, then he starts going into how smoking's a tough, pro- <laughs> like, tough problem, to, like an addiction to kick, you know, and then she was like, I know, I. it's very mm-hmm. hard to quit, you know, and, she, and they, started, they, they started having a common thread with it, about, <laughs> about quitting That's smoking, they, they wound well, up making up for it, but yeah, it was just, it was just amazing, like, everyone, like, uh, and I think some late and some girl actually did that because she goes, "I'm going with balls." She goes, no, you're just. And then some other girl yells back, "You don't have balls. You're just a cunt." And everyone's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> and then we started like cheering. <laughs> I was like, "We gave a rally for it." And then they had a common thing about smoking. That's yeah.
0: awesome.
1: Oh man, I do love public transportation. I I saw a guy real quickly that I, I just thought uh, I thought of this story when mm-hmm. you were telling it. But like, um, this was weird. Like the train was against. A person who thought he was right. the normal person. And this was like right after September 11th, like 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 mm-hmm. that week, you know. And there's these two dudes uh, talking, two really tan dudes talking in Spanish. Like they're clearly Mexican. They're wearing like Mexican <laughs> soccer jerseys sure. and all that. This dude comes through the doorway. You know how we were talking with Jarrell, like in Chicago, when a passenger comes through the doorway, mm-hmm. it's it's never yeah. good. You know, it's, right. it, it's right. always like like a, a homeless person gonna ask for money or crazy religious. Or person. someone fl- someone fleeing through, he, another car. <laughs> Who knows what's going on? Yeah. Now? It's not good. This guy he was real he was a big fat white guy and he had this tight mm-hmm. shirt on where it was the American Eagle flying with the uh the Philly Liberty bells. <laughs> two bells, even though there's only one and it says ring them bells of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he stops at these two mexican dudes. Oh my god. And he just he all he recognizes is it's a foreign language sure. and that they're tan. Yeah, yeah. So he thinks they're arab okay. and not, not that that even right, would have mattered, right. you know, but but he's in his jingoistic mm-hmm. post 9/11 and he's like what are we talking about here, gentlemen? <laughs> and like they're just totally confused, like they don't know what's going right. on. And he goes, "I repeat my question. What are we talking about, gentlemen?" And and somebody just yells, "They're just fucking mexican people leave them alone (laughs) and he goes okay then he just walks to the next train and we're like i'm like this is the perfect this is the perfect america post 9 11 um like summary because it's like basically we as americans we're vigilant we're going to pay attention to everything now we're going to spy And we know nothing about it. Yeah, but we're ignorant. Vigilant and ignorant. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but we're totally (laughs) ignorant. What are you
2: talking about? We're
1: gonna wield all this power uncarefully and with no uh, que- like introspection or questions.
2: <laughs> I know you can But
1: I do love it. I do love it when we turn
2: against the person who thinks they're the right person. Absolutely. How They're talking about this fucking Mexican soccer league playoffs. All right. I don't understand that culture, but I respect it. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> this moves on. I'll go to the next train and <laughs> I'll
1: just harass the next brown
2: person I see. <laughs> Good day to you all, sir. <laughs> Uh, that's what I, uh,
1: public transportation is a great equalizer. Yeah, you know, that, like that's why we need uh, more of
2: it. That's a good point. Yeah, it's an instant jury right there. If you're in mm-hmm. the right, if you're in the right or wrong, we can yep. talk about that. We uh, have plenty more. We'll do another episode of continuation of public transportation. Just, uh, because, this will be a theme throughout right, our podcast we have more stories and more to get into. But we've done plenty today. On this, will wrap it up for today's blackout diaries. Uh, Thank
1: you again to Jarrell for coming in. Yes. That was hilarious. Jarrell Scott Barnes. Check out his show next month. Uh, CJ, speaking of shows, what do you got going on? Yeah, well, and
2: Jarrell Scott Barnes. You'll be able to see him, I believe. I kind of just booked him, uh, and myself and TJ Miller at the Improv in Chicago next weekend. That's going
1: to take him about nine hours to get up to Schaumburg. Yeah, I know. So that, from, I, I, from the Broadway bus, but uh, he'll have more stories when you see him.
2: Well, he came and he did, he hosted for us last time we were out there, and it was great. He would always have a different friend dropping him off in a different situation, yeah, sure and I always yeah, he's felt great, dude.
1: He's a hustler. I love him. Man. Yeah, no,
2: for sure. No, but I always feel terrified. Yeah. Like, let's give him a ride. Not, he would refuse to take a ride from us. You know, yeah. Like, Come on, we got a car. You know, we'll bring you back. like, so, yeah. No, no, I'm waiting on this thing. I'm like all right we're in schaumburg but <laughs> he's like i want to see what this mall's all about he was being in the mall for four hours anyway so we will be at the improv in Schomburg uh next april 6th through 8th so i think it'll be this week right Because it's coming out tuesday
1: so. yeah this is coming out tuesday so check out um them there yeah that, that's a great club too you guys will have a blast easter weekend i like that
2: easter weekend it's a bit big a lot of the acoustics are different there. Kind of like this uh, microphone. It's a huge place. It's uh,
1: <laughs> but they they put the curtains up and they deal with it pretty good. It's I know it's like an one. Oakland
2: A's baseball game or something. <laughs> 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 old like,
3: sections right,
2: they just tarp off sections <laughs> yeah. of seats, whatever. So they it do. looks like
1: yeah. it's kind of fold. Uh, um, that's funny. Uh, yeah, and then we always have our live show uh, every Friday, 10 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge, and you can now check out my book Sean, uh, at seanbearflannery dot Places I can't return to. It is now available on Audible. As an oh, audio book, it yes. is now available everywhere as an audio book. Uh, so that's and you do movie. the audio, right? I do it. Yeah, I do it. It's a, I'm, I mean, I know we got to wrap this up, but I, I have some yeah, yeah. complaints on that process. But basically,
3: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, let's hear it.
1: <laughs> you know, they run these algorithms and they they reject uh-huh. they reject the audio book. Uh, they're, they're like, this doesn't meet our standards. you just, it's almost uh-huh. like Huey Lewis in, in and Back to the Future. He's like, I'm sorry, but you're just too damn loud. And (laughs) it's not that the volume is too high. It's that, like, my peaks and valleys are, like, too separated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, uh, Mm. and that's just how I talk. And I basically had to hire a dude to run it through this software to basically make my voice sound just a little bit more NPR-like. So this is, like, Mm. Midwest jackass erasure is what I call it. (laughs) And I'm very (laughs) upset about it. You know, oh, and, and, and I now just that, hate that this NPR voice is taking over pot. Like, that's actually what I'm most proud of. That would have been a great podcast that, that you and I do together. That would have been a
2: great title for your book, by the way. Midwest Jackass Erasure. <laughs> <and Razor.
1: laughs> that be that, is, be, that is a great one. Maybe that'll be like the direct. What are you saying? What are you proud of this podcast uh, we, with? We're two loud jackasses. And yeah, right? we don't sound like all these other podcasts are like, like I hear these ads on Spotify. And I'm like, they're like, hi, I'm Billy McKelgan. Host of Featherweight. Today we're going to talk to I a know. guy who thinks he broke his arm in childhood, but his brothers and sisters say he never did it. It's like, who the fuck would want to listen to this right. person?
2: It's an unintelligent NPR. It's insane. It's like, uh, and I hate to complain about podcasts while doing a podcast, but like none of these people do, you know, they're not doing performances or they're so, even if they are performers, they're so into hanging out, you know? And it's just like whatever. And then it's just them like just laughing at their own shit and not not Mm -hmm. saying anything. And then they, you know, they'll talk for fucking three hours just so they can do like a two minute clip and then that's all you hear.
1: That's why, folks. Uh, That's why we need those five star reviews. Keep listening. Uh,
2: Share with your friends. (laughs) There it is. We we need to
1: uh, slowly and surely start to take over. Like fill this space with some with some real talking.
2: Some real talking. Fake (laughs) topics, real talking. That's us. Midwest jackass (laughs) erasure. That's what we're doing here.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we'll hear you. uh, We'll hear from you next Tuesday, everyone. Thank you.
2: A A podcast network.